Olive Branch podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anwar Mahajni. In this podcast, I interview activists with ties to Israel and Palestine who identify as peace activists and are working on ending Israeli occupation of the Palestinian territories. Today, I interview Dr. Thabit Aburas. Dr. Aburas is the co-director of the Pro-Existence Abraham Initiative. Dr. Aburas, I, I, I was wondering if I, it's okay for me to call you Thabit for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I was really, first of all, I want to thank you for agreeing to share your experience and story with us and taking the time out of your day to talk to me and talk to our listeners. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about the work that you're doing with the Abraham Initiatives. Well, uh, thank you, Anwar, uh, for the opportunity of hosting me to talk with you. Uh, well, I am the co-executive director of the Abraham Initiatives. It's a, a Jewish Arab NGO that promotes equality and integration between Arab and Jewish citizens inside Israel. Uh, we have uh, nothing to do with the cross-border activities, yet we are really uh, influenced by what's going on across the border, but we are trying to bring about equality between Jews and Arabs inside Israel. Uh, it's a policy change organization, Arab-Jewish policy change organization. Almost half of our uh, employees are Arabs, and uh, the, lately there's also Arabs and Jews, the co-directors, I have a director, a Jewish director, and I'm the Arab director, and we have actually co-chairman of the board, Arab and Jew, Jewish co-chairman. So we have been uh, in the field over 30 years already. We start, started as a fund, helping building the NGOs community in Arab community, but also NGOs who really promoting coexistence between Jews uh, and uh, Arabs. We, have div- we are active mainly in uh, education projects. We are actually encounters, but also one of the flags of our projects is uh, shared learning, bringing Jewish and Arab kids uh, to study together, study, uh, I will say neutral subject like English, and they are rotating, uh, visiting Jewish schools, visiting Arab schools. And uh, it's, we are actually active in 40 different schools uh, in Israel. Also are very active in uh, Israeli universities and colleges. We are trying to make a high education uh, institutions in Israel, more uh, welcoming Arab students, more adapted to Arab students uh, using Arabic language, the cultural landscape and the physical landscape of those campuses is really fit the Arab uh, students too. So Arab students can feel a sense of belonging to the those places, sense of ownership uh, in those places. But also not only engaging in educational projects, we actually heavily investing in uh, combating crime and violence within the Arab community. Uh, we believe that crime and violence really uh, affecting the development of Arab towns. It's really fragmenting the Arab society and has implication in economic development and in, in the daily life. Today, Arab community in Israel has really lost its sense of security. 
because of the uh, criminal activities and crime, organized crime. And we are trying to work with the Arab leadership in one hand, but also to work with the government, pushing for uh, safe uh, communities inside Israel. This is in large, we are working in the mixed cities. Uh, uh, as an organization, we think that the encounter and the living together, Jews and Arabs in the historical Palestinian uh, cities like uh, Lod and Ramli, Jaffa, Akka, uh, and uh, Haifa, and others, uh, really very important. And this is, we just saw that in the last May events that erupted in the mixed cities. There is a lot of sensitivity sensitivities in these, in these cities. So we are working hard to try to bring Jews and Arabs and thinking together how to promote equal uh, services and even development in the Arab and Jewish uh, neighborhoods in those cities. So uh, this is my organization. This is the things that I am, I am focusing right now on, but I'm very active in other fields, especially issues related to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. After all, I am a proud Palestinian, and at the same time, I'm Israeli citizen. This duality uh, putting me sometimes in the, between the rock and the hardy place, and we can uh, talk further about that. Yeah, thank you very much for that uh, extensive kind of answer to my question. And I have a lot of interesting questions that I have for you that came up from your introduction. So one of them, uh, you talked about how the organization mainly works on equality to promote equality inside of Israel between Arabs and Jewish community. So I was wondering here, first of all, why is it mainly focused domestically? And do you think that effort to focus more on equality between Arab and Jewish citizens inside of Israel has implications to the wider um, kind of conflict on the ground. Yeah, I no doubt that Israel is a very unique country in terms of its structure. Uh, I, I don't know about other places, other countries around the world that really define itself, themselves based on religion, okay, based in nationality in the same time. What's a Jewish state for an Arab citizen like me? Is really the issue of being as is defined, Israel as defined a Jewish and democratic state, it's old, it's a oxymoron. I don't believe that Israel can be a Jewish and a democratic state in the same time. However, we are working to try to shrink, to reduce actually, discrimination within the state of Israel. No doubt there is a, a discrimination. I believe the nation state law that enacted just three years ago, it's just enhancing the Jewishness of the state on the expense of its democratic values. And this is affecting us, first of all, we are the Arab Palestinian citizens inside Israel. Uh, and this we are trying to confront nation state law, but not other discriminatory laws. We are uh, focusing mainly in equal services. And at the same time, we know that there are ideological differences and there are uh, the state motivated, ideologically motivated, okay? And this is really affecting us. So reducing, for me, a Jewishness of the state can be a very, a very thin groom exactly when we are establishing, when we succeed to establish 
a Palestinian sovereign and independent state alongside Israel. This is not happening. This is not the direction of, of the Israeli governments in the last, uh, I would say, over 50 years since the 1967 border. We see the expansion of the settlements and uh, erasing the green line. I am a geographer, I'm a political geographer, and I never saw a map, an official map in Israel that really marking the green line between Israel pre-1967 border and the West Bank, for example. So there is very clear uh, uh, policy of expansion, while the Israeli governments have been talking about peace in the same times they worked to expand the settlements. Now, all of this, this conflict, okay, really affecting us as citizens, Arab and Jewish citizens, and uh, discrimination, among other reasons, I will see that the fact that Israel is occupying country is one of the reasons for this discrimination and even deepening this discrimination. And we are trying to combat this discrimination and to bring about more equality, at least in budgeting and in development. And uh, honestly, we are far from that. Also, I'm very active in the issue of the conflict just because my, I will say, extended family, it's, it's uh, from Gaza Strip, from other uh, places in the West Bank. So really, I, being, being an Israeli citizen is not, doesn't mean that I, I don't have to really consider the life and the quality of life of my relatives, not immediate relatives, blood related relatives actually, and that live under the occupation. And, you know, I think that's fascinating connecting quality domestically in Israel's nature as a Jewish versus democratic state to the general, like the general conflict to occupation in general and institutions that are put in place to create this hierarchy right between who's a full citizen and who's like class B citizen. I have a question about your identity. You identified as an Arab, you use Arab a lot, but you also said, I am Palestinian. And I was wondering how do you kind of explain to someone how you can identify as an Israeli citizenship, as Palestinian, as an Arab at the same time? Well, I live in Israel. I'm actually, I live in Kalansawa. Kalansawa, it's a Palestinian Arab town in the center of Israel today, I have an Israeli citizenship. I am using the Israeli identity. Uh, I am carrying the Israeli identity because I'm Israeli citizen. I am voting, I have representatives in the Knesset. In the same time, I am part of the people, the Palestinian people. Well, I maybe I have to say a few things about my family, uh, my dad from Kalansawa who got married with my mom uh, from Heribia. Heribia is a Palestinian town that used to be south of Al-Majdal, Ashkelon today in Israel, in the south, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, my dad got, ma got married my, with my mom in 1944, four years prior to the Nakba. My mom moved to live in my dad to, in Kalansawa, which was support, supposed to be part of the West Bank, okay? And ended up Kalansawa part of Israel after widening the uh, narrow waist of Israel, okay? Yeah. This is how described in the mm -hmm. agreements, okay? In the center of Israel, uh, 
Well, they got married in 1944. 1948, all of my family from my mom's side was deported and became refugees in the refugee camps of Gaza. I have a family with hundreds of people live right now in the refugee camps of Gaza. So how you gonna uh, define me? Can I give up my Palestinian identity? This geographical area between the Jordanian River and the Mediterranean was Palestine until 1948, okay? For me, it's Palestine today of, in terms of emotions, okay? Still, okay? I understand there are some Jews will consider it Eretz Israel or Israel. I can understand that too, but I am not giving my homeland. This is why I really push for a solution today that it's not limiting, the solution not be limited to a mere two-state solution and that's it. This is not enough today, neither for the Palestinians nor for the Jewish people. So my identity, first of all, I am a proud Palestinian, part of the Palestinian people. Yes, I am an Arab too. I'm using that this term sometimes, but also I am Israeli citizen. This duality, we have to legitimize and normalize this dual identity. And I live fine with that. I am Israeli citizen and I am Palestinian in my nationality. Thank you very much. But um, that was a good explanation for that because a lot of people would say, what does it mean to be Palestinian and Israeli? Isn't that contradictory? And I was like, no, Palestinian identity could also be cultural identity, right? Historical identity uh, away from the citizenship um, identity. So I, I'm also curious, um, you talked about your experience as a, an Arab in Israel, an Arab Palestinian in Israel. And I was wondering about your view of the violence on the ground. And you, I know you said that uh, the Abraham Initiatives does work on the ground with NGOs to mitigate you know, the, the gun violence that is um, you know, taking over our towns and cities and people are dying every day because of that. So I was wondering, first of all, why do you think working with NGOs is important? And then well, why do you think the, the issue of violence is that severe in the community today? And what role does the state play in that? Yeah, well, something happened in Israel after October events 2000s or the second Intifada, October 2000, when the Israeli police just left the Arab towns and uh, Arab towns became kind of Ex-territorial uh, within uh, the state of Israel. Honestly, there is no law and order in Arab towns, uh, and uh, uh, Israeli police—it's not doing a lot to protect us. It's the police, Israeli police, duty to provide us a sense of security uh, and safety, and uh, the police is not doing his own job. By the way, following uh, the Second Intifada and the October events, the Or Commission, okay stated that the Israeli police is uh, dealing with the, Arab, uh, with the Arab citizens, the Palestinian citizens as an enemy. And this is the problem that one of the major components of the Israeli police is a security component. Unlike uh, other uh, police uh, units or police departments in other states, police it's a civic should be a civic service should serve the citizens in every state. This is not the case in Israel. In the Israeli case, the Israeli police has a security 
component of its work, its activity, and we saw that mainly in, in East Jerusalem where the Israeli police, not the Israeli military, is shooting and killing sometimes Palestinian activists. And on top of this, the fact that the Israeli police never took a decision to try to combat crime organizations within the state of Israel, within the Arab community. It's worth to mention that there is a phenomena of people buying illegal weapons. It's, it's so easy to, uh, to buy illegal weapon in, uh, within the Arab community, okay? It's like buying a hamburger here, honestly, from McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, over 80% of those illegal weapons are coming from the Israeli military camps, okay? So I'm asking, how come the Israeli military cannot really protect uh, its camps? Or, well, what's, the, what's the heck, what's the problem? Now add to that, there are thousands of Palestinian Arab collaborators that working with the Israeli Shabak, the Israeli intelligence services, and with Israeli police, and they are protected, they are above the law. And those people really, have the power, they are actually buying and selling illegal weapons. They are uh, uh, collecting protection from people, threatening people. In the same time, they are the people, some of them, they are making sol uh, solha, uh, peace uh, and recon reconciliation uh, between families sometimes. So those people above the law are actually agents for the Israeli police. The Israeli police should take a decision to eliminate this, I will say, class of people who are uh, protected by the Israeli police. Those are doing a lot of uh, the crime, criminal activities within the Arab community. Now I can add that uh, in large Arab citizens inside Israel facing a lot of challenges, uh, especially land and the planning and housing uh, issues. There is a housing crisis in Israel within the Arab community in Israel. And uh, we also have a problem within the a young generation between age 16 to 22, 23, that those uh, young uh, generation who are not studying and at the same time not working, almost one third of our young Arab kids in this generation, young people are uh, not working and not uh, studying. So, I believe that the Israeli government should invest in uh, help and solve the, those kind of problems. There is uh, deep causes of the, for the crime and violence within the Arab community. Among those uh, causes is the land and the planning and the housing, the issue of bank uh, services, financial services, that can you imagine in the Negev area, uh, Nakab, uh, there is no even one single bank branch outside of Rahat, over 300,000 people without bank branch to, to, provide, to provide them with uh, some uh, financial services. The same thing with the, uh, with the young people. So I believe that the police can do a better job. It's not doing the better job. The police really succeeded to combat crime and violence within the Jewish community can do the same within the Arab community, but they don't care. When we talk about discrimination in the state of Israel, 
the discrimination it's on all levels including providing us with safety within the arab community mm-hmm. and that's a great example of how you know israel being an occupier affects us domestically as well because you know collaborators the shabak the military the the approach to kind of you know uh attacking the Arabs in Israel as the enemy or looking at them as the fifth column, right? As traitors, um, that also affects our experiences for sure. So why do you think working with NGOs is the most effective way to address this, you know, these conditions that exist? A lot of them are structural, but also some of them are communal. Why do you think it's important to work with NGOs on the ground to navigate the issue and try to resolve it? Well, I believe that NGOs can really help, cannot be the major factor in uh, solving uh, problems in any society. They are actually, I believe that uh, uh, local governments, municipalities is very important factor here to provide services in our community, in all communities, but also political parties have to play a role in trying to push for more uh, budgets, uh, more equality. The fact that in Arab community, uh, both municipalities, local governments, in one side, in one hand, in the other hand, political parties are weak. This is my opinion. Really, this give a room for uh, a third partner, which is the NGOs. NGOs, it's easy to uh, organize and more official, more professional. And uh, I find it, it's much easier to try to deliver and to try to influence even people uh, and to, still there is a real problem of uh, uh, fundraising. Most of the money really comes from overseas and from specific uh, resources. And this is sometimes really difficult for Arab NGOs to fundraise always uh, foundations have their own agenda also. So still there is a problem with NGOs, but if you ask me, I believe there is a very important rule for uh, Arab and Arab Jewish NGOs to try to bring the uh, Arab and Jewish people to work together. I believe, for example, the issue of crime and violence, it's not uh, a problem for Arab citizens only. It's a problem for all Israeli citizens, okay? The shooting in Umm al-Fahim, people in Mi'ami, a small Jewish uh, uh, kibbutz, Mushav, can hear the uh, shooting. Uh, Shooting in Jaljulia, Arab town of Jaljulia in the Little Triangle can be heard in Kfar Saba always, okay? So it's a problem for us. This is a risk uh, and a, a danger for all of us. Still, we live in very close uh, communities. Uh, I believe that Israel is becoming more and more mixed. It's not about mixed cities only, Lod, Ramli, Jaffa, Haifa, Akka. It's more about mixed regions. Today, the Galilee, okay? When we talk about Galilee in the north, it's 50% Arabs, 50% Jews. The same even with the Negev. One third of the population uh, in the Negev are uh, Bedouins, Arab, Palestinians. So uh, we live in one in close proximity. So we have to fight together. We have to work together. By the way, hundreds of thousands of Jews and Arabs are meeting 
every day, okay? In the uh, workplaces, in universities, in the public space and so forth. So any, any challenge that facing the Arab community should be, it's a challenge that facing the Jewish community in Israel. And I believe that NGOs, this is uh, one of the major uh, work that they are trying to promote, bringing Jewish and Arab people together. I believe this is not a major goal of the political parties today, neither that we have Jewish and uh, in one hand and Arab and the other hand parties uh, active in the field, but still we don't have a real Jewish Arab political uh, party in one hand. Also the municipalities, Arab and Jewish uh, municipalities are working separately, separately. They don't have really umbrella organizations to try to bring them together to try to work in a regional uh, base. Uh, they are not working in a regional base. So who can do that? NGOs can do that successfully. Thank you. Um, and I do agree that NGOs can play a, an important role, especially that they do have the trust of the community. Usually they do, instead of having something imposed structurally on people. Um, the other thing I wanted us to go to is education is another element that I think is important for the Abraham initiatives, important for your work. And it's also important for me as uh, somebody, you, you know, my, uh, my dad never really got to finish high school. Um, my mom finished high school, but never went to college. Um, so I'm a first generation college student who eventually was able to get her PhD. And I know how for my parents, because they never had the chance to get the education, they pushed for my education, right? They paid for private schools. They made sure that I, I succeed in every step, even though they didn't know much about um, you know, the process of applying and navigating the whole college system. But I had a good support system through Al-Ahli. I went to Al-Ahli. Uh, I, yeah. uh, I was the first class actually there. So I had the system there in place that help navigate that and I know you also went up you have your doctorate as well your wife has her doctorate and your son now is getting his doctorate and I it's amazing how valuable now and the education is being valued more in the community and pushed for right as a way to help us as as a community to uh, navigate inequality and you know I, you're familiar with the new papers that were the archives or protocols that were released uh, saying that back in the 60s there was a plan, an active plan to prevent Arabs from being educated and modernizing them and promoting uh, religion as a way to uh, prevent them from becoming a threat to the state of Israel. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about education and the importance of education to the community and working to enable more students, Arab students, to get to colleges and higher ed and move beyond that as well to various careers in Israel and outside of Israel. Yeah, I, no doubt there is, we are witnessing right now kind of revolution in education within our community uh, in the, I will say the higher education institutions. And uh, we are a minority inside Israel. And uh, some people are uh, describe us as the Jewish of the Arabs. We are the Palestinians, the Jewish of the Arab world. Uh, this means that, that Jews are uh, very educated and the Arab minority in Israel and Palestinian actually, in large, they are very educated people comparing to other uh, Arab uh, people. Uh, well, uh, today 
in Israeli institutions, I will say higher education institutions, there are over 50,000 50, students. It's, it's everybody, poor people, uh, rich people are sending their kids to, for higher education. They understood that education is the only guarantee for uh, uh, development, for progress in the life of the Arab community. Today in Israel, I can say that over one uh, quarter of the doctors in Israel are Arabs. One third of the nurses are Arabs and almost half of the pharmacists in Israel are Arab Palestinians and all of them are working right now. There are thousands of Arab doctors are studying overseas, especially in Eastern Europe, but also in the Palestinian colleges and uh, uh, it's it's really we are proud of our doctors that really people are like to mention that during the COVID-19 crisis right, uh, nowadays they are actually a part of the struggle against spread of COVID-19 in Israel. All in all, I say that education, the higher higher education is uh, really it's a success, but still we have a real crisis within our elementary schools and the uh, kindergarten uh, level in higher schools. The Israeli government admitting that is budgeting uh, Arab schools, high schools, uh, less than Jewish high schools. Okay, discrimination. It's obvious discrimination. In the Negev area, still there is Israeli government. It's not uh, implementing its own laws of guaranteeing access to early education for kids in the age of three to four years in the unrecognized villages. So we have many challenges in the, in the uh, field of education, but uh, it doesn't prevent us from feeling that our uh, society, our Palestinian community in South Israel is uh, progressing all the time. Thank you, that was great. So uh, I think I want us to uh, start start talking again about you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, all of this is part of your experience, of course, education, gun violence, it affects our daily lives, you know, since you especially still live at home. I was wondering if you could tell me uh, uh, more about the challenges that you're facing doing the work that you're doing. And do you think this work that you're doing tied to general like peace activism, your understanding of what peace activism is? Well, no doubt that we are facing a lot of challenges within the Israeli society working in this area of uh, Jewish and Arab field. Uh, it's called the shared society field here in Israel. Uh, it's really very tough. Building a shared future and a shared uh, society in Israel, it's very tough. It's almost, it's unbelievable. You know, while my country is occupying my people, okay? Israel is occupying my people, and I have to work hard to try to bring Jews and Arabs to feel that the life is great. No, the life is not great in Israel. Uh, it's affecting us. Hearing what's going on in Gaza exactly today, yesterday, every day, where my family, my family from my mom's side is suffering, it's not something pleasant, okay? So everything is, it's really tied. What's going on in the occupied territory is really affecting our relations inside Israel. And we saw that 
uh, just uh, during uh, last May events, uh, things take, took place in Al-Aqsa uh, Mosque, in Sheikh uh, Jarrah neighborhood, immediately had its implication in the mixed cities, just because it's the same policy, actually, especially in terms of land and the planning. Israeli policy in the occupied territories, especially in Area C, it's the same in Jerusalem. It's the same policy that they are trying to implement inside Israel, evacuating Palestinians from Sheikh Jarrah and bringing Jewish settlers there, actually the same policy uh, they are trying to implement in Jaffa and in Lod and in Ramli. So, and I have to work in this environment. It's really very tough. Now, it's very tough also uh, because we are working in a society that have a lot of uh, complications. Listen, there is only ho ho one holy land <laughs> in the, this world. It's, it's our holy land, okay? It's Israel, Palestine, uh, Jordan. This is the holy land. So people really competing over, ra over rocks, over uh, everything, for land, over, over everything. And we have to work in this environment. Add to that that the Jewish people really, really passed something in the 20th century, I'm talking about the Holocaust, that made something very tough to work with the Jewish public here. There is a very strong fear discourse within the Israeli society. And there is also a very strong politics of fear within Israeli society. Uh, the enemy is there for the Israelis all the time, okay? The enemy not right now is Iran, but uh, they can be uh, Hezbollah or Hamas, can be Abu Mazen even, okay, the Palestinian Authority, and the end it can be Arab citizens inside Israel. So it's, it's, it's an obstacle for us to bring, to build the shared society when we talk about enemies. Uh, trying to reduce the, uh, to, uh, to hit our, status as Palestinian citizens inside Israel through the nation state law, for example, it's affecting us. In Israel, there are dozens of discriminatory laws. You cannot really build a, a true shared society inside Israel. So as add to that, the fact that uh, uh, the occupation is there and uh, killing Palestinians, it's daily, matter became, we are hearing that. And those people can be uh, my own relatives, but they can be any Palestinian that really affecting us, affecting our behavior, okay? I, we cannot sit aside and say, well, great, we can build a shared society and share the filter with the Jewish people. No, we need a peace. This is why I'm really active uh, as, a, as a peace activist. Uh, this is a demonstration in Galilee to demonstrate and talk in, in favor of peace between my people, the Palestinians and my country, Israel. And uh, uh, two weeks from now, I will be in a seminar in Beit Jala, in, uh, in the occupied territories, okay? Jewish and Arab uh, uh, act, peace activists, uh, part of the so-called one land, uh, two states, two states, one homeland. Okay, I am very active there trying to see how we can in the new reality of, of uh, government Bennett as a prime minister that really didn't abandon his agenda to annex, okay, uh, area C, okay? He, he became prime minister, prime minister now. How are we gonna combat this policy, okay? 
it's it's not easy for us. Just uh, a couple of years ago, Netanyahu was talking about deviating the Israeli border and annexing the uh, the little triangle on Al-Fahim area and Kalansa and Kufur Qasim area to be to join the Palestinian Authority. So people uh, treat us as uh, some like something that you can carry and uh, throw from one place to other place. No, this is our homeland. This is my country, okay? 70 years ago, 73 years ago, it was Palestine for me. Still, I feel it as a Palestine. Yes, I am Israeli citizen. I respect my citizenship. I want my citizenship, but I'm not giving up my Palestinian identity. Wow, thank you very much. Um, that very much sums it up. Uh, that was great. So one last question I have for you um, before we let you go. What kind of advice do you have for young activists, young Arab or Jewish activists who, you know, want to create a shared society, want to create equal and just society, and help help end the occupation? What kind of what kind of advice do you give them to navigate the challenges and the fear and the stress that comes with uh, with working in this field, as you mentioned, the shared society field? Yeah, well. The most important thing is not to give up, not to give up. Uh, yes, the, there are a lot of challenges, but uh, we are the right, we are doing the right thing. After all, there are two nations here, two people, and they are here to stay. Nobody is gonna thrown from here or moved from here. Uh, and uh, it seems that we are swimming uh, against the stream. Well, I believe that one day we will be the stream itself, okay? I know it's very tough to work as a, as a Palestinian citizen of Israel. It's tough to work with the Jewish people sometimes. I got desperate sometimes, but I don't have the luxury to give up. I have to convince, I believe that we have to rely in ourselves, in our work to, to convince the other side to live together. There is no other options. Now, I believe that the international community with us, there are a series of resolutions in the international community in favor of self-determination for the Palestinian people. I believe my people will have their own independent and sovereign state, hopefully soon, but even with this weakness, of the Palestinian right now, and the fact that Israel is so powerful, it doesn't mean that we cannot really live in peace. And this can come through talking with people, convincing people, after all, it's in the interest of Jews before the Arabs, okay? I'm saying that again, it's in the interest of Jewish people before the Arabs to live in a shared society, share the future, the Jewish, People are majority inside Israel, but we have to remember that they are a minority within a region of Arab region. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to give you one last minute to add anything that you want to add. If you have any uh, kind of any resources that people should check out, any books, any movies to help uh, people have a deeper understanding of some of the stuff that you guys do. Well, I believe that the People are uh, trying to promote still officially the two-state solutions, and other people would say the two-state solution already did. 
I would like to refer to people to try to check in the internet the uh, website of uh, Two States, One Homeland. And uh, it's, it's in Arabic, it's in Hebrew, it's in English. People can uh, learn for all it's called, the website. And to check and see that this is the real alternative today to such a solution. Some people are uh, jump to one state solution. I don't believe that uh, right now people are ready for that. Both people still we have to pass through uh, a process of uh, self-determination for both people, Jews as well as Palestinians. There is a lot of hatred after a conflict of over 100 years. So we need to relax with peace in two states, but with a free border, free movement, okay, between the, the two states that allow people to live. I would like to see my people, Palestinians, return to their homeland. And again, the homeland, it's all of the geographical area between the Jordanian River and the Mediterranean. Right now, Jews can live everywhere in the homeland, but Palestinians really prevented even from traveling from Gaza to the West Bank. And this should be stopped. Our future to live together in a free space between the Jordanian River and the Mediterranean. Thank you very much, Thabet, Dr. Aburaz, for again sharing all of this with us. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, and hopefully, I'll get to meet you, Thabet, at some point in person. I know we've only met virtually. Inshallah. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Anwar.